When you grow a garden with Schultz products, you reap a bountiful crop of benefits for your customer and your business. The signature dropper applicator allows you to feed every time you water. Just seven drops per quart of water delivers vital micronutrients every time you feed. Schultz liquid plant food is available through hardware co-ops and lawn and garden distributors nationwide. For more information, go to knoxfurt.com Schultz. everyone and welcome to the Taking Care of Business podcast. My name is Renee Shagnon and I'm NHPA's Retail Engagement Specialist and the producer of this podcast. Today I'm so excited to have on Amos, Lauren, Buren, and Sarah Lanier, owners of Lanier Do It Best Hardware in Burgaw, North Carolina. The Lanier family has recently started thinking about the future of the business and has started the business transition planning process. Welcome everyone to the podcast this morning uh, and I would love it if each of you could kind of introduce who you are and tell us a little bit about the business to start off. Okay, I'm Buren Lanier. I'm the, the father of the, of, of the group and husband. Uh, my parents got into the hardware business about 38 years ago. Uh, my grandfather and grandmother were in a plumbing and electrical business, and when they retired, my parents bought them out and started a true value hardware. And uh, Within a year or two, my wife and I came into the business and uh, started managing the business. And within, I'd say, five years, we had bought my parents out and built a new hardware store and added rental. And uh, that's sort of how where we've been going since then. We, uh, we were a true value to begin with. And then probably 10 years into the game, we switched to do it best and have been a do it best hardware store ever since. Awesome. Um, I'm Sarah Lanier, the mom and the wife. I've always been kind of the back office person, uh, bookkeeping, accounting, whatever, payroll, all of that, inventory, receiving, that kind of thing. Awesome. Um, I'm Lauren. I'm the daughter and sister, <laughs> if we're doing all the terms. Eldest. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm the oldest child. The oldest child. Yes. I, uh, I graduated from NC State back in 2011 and started working here uh, after I graduated. So I've been here 11 years, almost 12 now. Um, and my husband and I um, kind of managed a lot of the day-to-day stuff. My husband is a full-time fireman, so he is oh, not cool. here full-time. He um, he's here on his days off, um, but I'm here full time uh, when I'm not taking care of my four children. So, <laughs> um, awesome. yeah, we knew we knew that we that I, I knew that I wanted to be in it, but I didn't want to be in it solo, um, mm-hmm. which is where, you know, my brother comes in. Um, my husband, he wanted to remain a fireman, so he he knew that he couldn't help me full time. He, you know, he said, I'd be willing to help you. Um, you know, with the most, everything I can, but not full time. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's where Amos comes in. That's where Amos comes in. Okay. Yeah. Introduce yourself, Amos. We got to hear so, the story. So I'm Amos. I'm, uh, the youngest of mom and dad's three children. Um, I'm nine years younger than Lauren is. Um, I graduated from NC State. It's been two or three years ago now, not long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I split a lot of my time, I feel like, between here at the hardware store and helping dad out on the farm. We raise beef cattle as well. Um, that is so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So well, I went to school for animal too. science. So following awesome. graduation, I moved out to the Midwest for a year and worked okay. in uh in the pork industry. Okay. And um, I guess it would be two Christmases ago. We kind of all had a sit down and talked about the future of the business. And everybody kind of talked about um, their feelings about the hardware store and and going forward. And that's when mom and dad kind of told us that um, they weren't necessarily ready to be out right then, but they were, they were headed that direction. They were headed that way. They wanted yeah. to know there was a light at the end of the tunnel. And um, that was when I decided to uh, to move back to Burgall and um, 
Lauren and I are are looking forward to taking over. So I love this. A dead. sibling duo. I love a good sibling duo story. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get enough of those. So this is yeah. awesome. Cool. Well, um, I'd love to kind of hear like because for a lot of people talking about, you know, making that transition, it's hard. It's a personal choice um, to, you know, step back. So, Byrne, I don't know if you wouldn't mind sharing how you and Sarah felt being like, OK, let's have this conversation. Let's let's kind of looking at the future. Um, do you mind sharing a little bit about how like were you guys talking about it before you had the family conversation with the kids and kind of what were your thoughts on everything? So we we've always known we we've got friends that have, and and like my grandfather he stayed in the business until he was basically unable to go anymore and yeah. and that's we decided years ago that we didn't want to do that we wanted to have some time to spend maybe traveling and with the grandkids and yeah and just not be bogged down with the day to day you know chores of a retail business. And, and being, you know, having to, a set schedule of hours open at 7.30 and closing at 6, you know, we were not wanted to have to do that routine the rest of our life. We mm-hmm. also were at a point in this business where we needed an upgrade. We needed a reset. You know, we needed to freshen things up. We hadn't done anything like that in probably be 10 to 12 years. And uh, looking into that and talking with Do It Best, getting some professional help there on what we might do, it became apparent that the best thing for us to do was to add on about 5,000 square feet to our 2,000, our 10,000 square foot existing business. Mm-hmm. We had a, just enough property here to do that. And that made the most economic sense to add that much with the incentives that do it best would give us in a reset. So we did that. And, uh, once we did that, and it, it, about three years ago, we started that process. We're, we're pretty much finishing that up. We had a grand reopening. Uh, spring will be two, two, years. two years when we had a, the grand reopening. And the numbers have really uh, increased like the proposals said they would, even better than what they was proposed it would do. That's awesome. So, uh, with that being said, it's a good time for us to to exit the bit, you know, begin to think about the exiting the business. And we actually talked about uh, exiting the business when we started this program. We knew we knew we needed to reset so that we could increase the value and the profitability of the business before yeah. we left the business. In other words, we wanted to leave it fresh and update as possible before we started our transition out. And with the kids' commitment, you know, that, that made it easy for us to put the effort in because we knew they would receive the benefit as well as as, as we would from, from that process. Sure. So, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because obviously I'm new to the managerial side of the business, but uh, since the addition and reset with the growth that we've had, it's kind of become a – the workload has increased. Oh, uh, tremendously. Absolutely. Yeah. Workload and uh, uh, responsibilities. And and that's that's basically where Sarah and I are, I think, at this point. I'll let her speak to her personal feelings. But uh, I, I'm just I, I love the business. I love being involved. But I'm I'm getting weary of responsibilities of being responsible. Or who's going yeah. to open up? Who's going to be here to close? Who's going to work this Saturday? Those things, I think, are time for the younger generation to 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 take those on and be mm-hmm. you know, be responsible for those kind of things. Sure. And also, I think changes in competition that we face now, more internet-driven sales, changes in technology. I mean, just like getting ready for this podcast. I mean, those mm-hmm. are the kind of things that we are not geared to do. Our generation is not comfortable with that. And I think if you're going to remain competitive in business, you've got to stay up to date on all of those. You got to prepare yourself and you, you got to admit what you're not good at. Yeah. Well, this isn't a question on our list, but it kind of is sparked by what we're talking about here. I have talked to a lot of retailers over the years, and I think one of the hardest things, um, especially in a family when you're transitioning from, you know, maybe the parents to the kids is, um, you know, 
being able to fully step out of it and let the kids take over? Has that been a struggle in this process? Or are you like ready for them to, you know, come to you when they have questions, but you, you want them to fully step into it and own it? Cause I, I, I just have heard so many different variations where some person can be like, my dad wanted to, and it just didn't work because there was too much butting of heads. And some people it's like, yeah, dad, dad was like, good luck. Bye. And like took off for the Bahamas or whatever. <laughs> I, I think I'm more, <laughs> into uh, this, that that latter dad you're talking about there. I mean, yeah. I, I know my kids are as smart, if not smarter than I am. They're as educated, if not more educated than I am, and uh, they can do it. I, I, I have full confidence awesome. in that they can do it as good as I, or if not better than I can. And so I, I feel like, just like what Sarah talked about, technology and that kind of thing all involved, I think that that they are the the way this thing needs to go from here on. There's a lot of old things that you can't teach and it takes a long time to learn. And I'm willing to be patient and to hang around and teach those things and mm -hmm. and guide them. But but I, they need to take the ball or the baton and run with it at this point. What advice would you would you both give to uh, maybe a retailer who um, maybe him and his wife are in the same position as you and they're ready to transition it either to their kids or to someone else in the business that wants to step in? But it's like, no, I want to take over. The, like how like what advice would you give to someone who's having a hard time releasing some of that control or power, I guess? Uh, I guess get over yourself. I guess <laughs> the best way to say it, because yeah. you know, if you've if you've done the the work with your kids and raised them right and uh, given them all the opportunities for education, and and exposed them, you know these kids have been running mm -hmm. up and down these aisles since they were could could walk, you know. Yeah. And uh, so they they've got as much experience as I you know as as we do in this business you know they don't know the numbers and all the stuff as well maybe and the the little minute things but as far as the big picture they they've got it you know they they sure. got the big picture so i think don't hide things from them you know yeah you expose them to what's going on let them let them see you have it out with that customer who's still stolen from you or that customer who's not paying his yeah. bill and you got to have that conversation with you know they They've been in on those conversations and seen what, what goes on there. And you just got to stand your ground when it's time to stand your ground. And they've, they've got to see the good as well as the, the bad of this business from sure. one. So uh, I guess Lauren and Amos, do you, do you both mind sharing? I know Lauren, you've been in the business, he said since 2011, but how has it been working as a team together now and kind of getting to hang out with your brother every day at work? Well, Amos mentioned we're, we're um, right at nine years apart, so yeah. we didn't. We always had different, um, you know, life not lifestyles, but different. We sure. were just in different places growing up because I was, yeah, you know, much older. So now getting to be together, work. I mean, it's it's just it's just neat. You know, I've always thought of him as, you know, the baby of the family, but now it's like he's t he's taking on responsibilities that. I don't have to, you know what I mean? Like he's doing, yeah. we're, we're sharing the workload so that, I mean, he's taking stuff off my plate that just helps everything run smoothly and I'm not having to, to do every single thing. So it's, it's definitely a, a, a relief and kind of a breath of fresh air because you know that someone is, is in it that's got skin in the game and they, yeah. they care. So I mean, I know mom and dad, you know, letting go is, is hard or whatever, but at least you know that the people that are taking it care about it and they, yeah. you know, they care what happens to it and they care what happens, you know, to your name or your reputation. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. And, and kind of to echo what Lauren said, I think if we were closer to the same age it would not be as smooth i yeah, think like if, if we, we had grown up be more competition up fighting and all that yeah. then it would it wouldn't work but um lauren is a mother to four children so and, and she's obviously been in the business since 2011 so she knows way more than i do and i think she always will be she'll always have that extra experience wow. And, and anything I do to try to take it off her plate is not anything that I feel like I can do any better than she can. It's just that 
between the store and her family and, and all of her positions within the store, everything that she was responsible for. Uh, I just try to, to find things that I can lighten her load with. It's something that, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and there are things yeah. that we're each better suited for. I mean, like running the paint department and ordering paint and things like that. Lauren understands that way better than I ever could. And, yeah, do you mind uh, maybe sharing what kind of your each of your strengths are, your areas in the business that you're that you're each you know running now? So I mean, this is, a lot, this but. has been here. What what are we what do we say? Almost, almost a, year a year now. So we're still kind of getting into the, and mom and dad are still they haven't stepped out yet. So they're we're all still we're all still in it. So we're we're still trying to figure out. Who, whose lane is is whose kind of um mm-hmm. you know we like like Amos said I was doing um paint orders um keeping up with like price changes like when um you know your cost goes up or down and you have to adjust your retails and stuff like that um managing employees and schedules and stuff like that so we're still trying to figure out like I said, whose lane is whose um, and who sure. are suited for us. Amos has taken over a lot of like the rental side of it, which obviously mm-hmm. I am. I mean, I'm not mechanically inclined. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. So I don't, <laughs> you know, m- manage it, you know, maintenance on equipment or when something needs to be sold and stuff like that. That's, that, that's not my area. Um, so I think we're still in the process of figuring out who's good at what. Yeah, and we're also in the process of a little bit along the way, also incorporating things that mom and dad are still taking care of. Mm-hmm. So dad still does all of the the ordering and a lot of the inventory management stuff, and I think slowly Lauren and I are both. Yeah, we both like we both know a little bit about what he does, but yeah. I feel like we have just scratched the surface with yeah. kind of his whole process. And obviously, like he said, he's exposed us to it. He's taught us or, mm-hmm. or talked to us about it along the way, you know, but we, we don't know fully yet exactly his whole method. So we're, we're slowly trying to learn that. And we're both, you know, just in case one of us is not here, we both try to know everything. Sure. Like he said, we're, we're trying to figure out who's good at what and going from there. Well, and I'm sure, too, it's been a, an interesting time, especially for you, Amos, coming into the business now, um, you know, with everything the past couple of years, the economy with COVID and and and, you know, ordering was tough. So I'm sure all of those things also played a factor in like you're kind of thrown into the fire of like, OK, let's figure out, you know, how to do all this. Was there anything that you, you weren't ready for or do you feel like you learned like any big lessons since you've joined the team in, in a more, you know, official capacity, I guess. I think a lot of what I've learned is how to deal with certain types of customers. Um, sure. I've always been, I've always avoided confrontation at all costs, (laughs) which sometimes like dad said, sometimes you got to, you got to stand your ground and you got to, um, got to have, you got to have that confrontation when it has to happen. And whether that's with employees you're managing or, or your customers, people, there's always going to be somebody that will try to take advantage of you. And, and that's a lot of what I've, uh, I've had to learn along the way. I, I don't want to make it sound like we're ha- out here having problems with people all the yeah, time, but, but the way just... we've always, dad's always made it sound is you'll have, you know, a hundred or more happy, satisfied customers, but at one. you have one that's not, or one that creates a problem. And that's the one you go home thinking about at night. Um, yeah. The ones we end up talking about, but, <laughs> but, but managing people, I think is a lot of, of what I've had to learn. Um, Dad talked about um, how they wanted the business to be in the best place possible when, when they transitioned it and, it's, you know, we're the third generation, the fourth, if you count. Yeah. The brief uh, stint my parents were in it. Yeah. So that's a huge responsibility because this business has. What was the official, sorry to interrupt. What was the official year that the business opened? I think my grandfather and, and grand, grandfather and grandmother were, that business was 50 years old when they got in it. So it's, it's a very old business. 
they had they had actually bought it from another family member, like a, mm-hmm. a cousin or a a brother or something that that had started it years ago. So it's it's probably, gosh, going on 70, 80 years old now. The business that's amazing. I love a longstanding business like that. It's a, it, it shows the the strength of an independent business like your like your family's. Um, but continue. But but all that to say, this business has been providing a livelihood for members of our family for that long. Lauren and I don't. Yeah, we're oh yeah. Screw it up. And the employees that we've we've yeah. provided for, and and not to mention the service we provided to the community. We don't want to be the generation that screws right. it up. Well, yeah. Cool. So I think a lot of times um, there's things that I know that I'm probably more than capable of handling, but rather than just sure. handling, I run to mom or dad and say, yeah. is this how I was going to do this? Should I do this? And yeah, I think that, that more often they'd probably rather us just jump out there and, and make a decision, whether it be the right one or the wrong one. And, and yeah, I'm having to learn that as well. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about your community. I'd love to hear about the community that the business has been in for as long as it has. Um, and then kind of the employees that you guys have in the business. <clears throat> Burgall is a, a small Southern town. Um, mm-hmm. Around 5,000 people. Is that right? A lot of rural agriculture still. Um, we are getting into some housing developments. Uh, they're mm-hmm. starting to pop up apartment complexes, things like that. Um, just a wonderful community. Very small town, homey atmosphere. Um, Parks and Rec in the town all try to promote events within the town that we try to help sponsor. Um Little league teams, booster clubs at the high schools. Uh, everybody roots for everybody else. So I love that. It's it's just been a wonderful place to be in business to raise your children. There there have been challenges, um, but but the benefits far outweigh any of those. We've been very very blessed to have some wonderful employees. I mean, we've had. One that celebrated a 30-year anniversary with us just a, a couple That's of years great. ago. We've had some that have been here. Uh, one gentleman just retired after being here like 25 years. Um, the majority of them are well over 10 years in with us. We have one now that was with us prior, you know, went and worked somewhere else for a little while, but she came back, so... I mean, I think that says a lot too that she wanna yeah you know, she come she back stepped after away to have a child and raise him, and then no, he, when he turned sixteen, she came back. So um, that's that's been wonderful. And they we've had the kind of employees that treat the business like their own. They're looking out for it when we're not here. They're they're invested. Mm-hmm. Well, growing up in the business, I've observed that. Mom and dad, for the, the most part, had three types of employees. There was okay. the the career employees, like she spoke about, that were here in tw- for 20 plus haul, years yeah. in here for the long haul. Um, a, a, another important type of employee that has, has you know, poured into our business are, are retired folks, whether it be retired teachers or retired from other trades, uh, military, plumbers, military Um they're always a very a very knowledgeable group to have. But then the third type is young people. I mean, mom and dad have have like your high school always had your, young people. Yeah. That I think if you ask many of them that are that have you know are out in the workforce today, they'd tell you that they feel like they got a lot out of working for for mom and dad too. I think that that they mentored a lot of people over the years and. People tell me that from time to time when they come in. That yeah, they yeah, here. we have a, a ton of customers. Well, I wouldn't say a ton, but a lot of customers that, oh, yeah, I used to work here back in the day. You know, your mom and dad taught me or your dad taught me how, you know, how to plumb this or whatever, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and you you actually can look at that as a an opportunity. I mean, you have that that stage to make an impression on the younger generation, you know, and, and teach them how to work because yeah, children, I mean, <laughs> kids these days do not, know. you know, they, I mean, responsibilities, they just, 
Ugh. I agree. But I mean, we have an opportunity to to shape young minds, you know. <laughs> no, I love that. I think that uh, I had a I didn't work in a hardware store when I was in high school, but I worked at a um, at an assisted living facility and like the the I was like one of the waitress girls, and I loved like getting that sense of responsibility, having a job, um, and like how do you find high school kids to work in your business? Because I think that's an area I, I've heard a lot of, of great things about hiring, you know, retired um, retirees or veterans. And that's awesome. But I think that the high school niche has been or, you know, teenagers has been less that I've been hearing about just just as I've observed from talking to retailers over the years. Is there like a way that you get people in town to, to come and apply and work part time at the store? It seems like they they just show up, you know. I mean, there's yeah. there's, there's families that uh, that their family does business with us, and then they they see how. I guess they they have confidence in us that we're going to their their children are going to get treated right and they're going to get taught right. So then, and I think they see that it's a family atmosphere, right. so they don't worry about what their children are going to be exposed That's to right. coming to work here. And, yeah. and they just, uh, you know, there's always an applicant here. There's always somebody putting an application for the kid. And, and some of them are good, you know, a good fit. And some of them aren't. They, we, we don't we don't give everybody a job. We 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 sort of cherry pick them as well. The ones that we think we, yeah. that will really learn from what we have to, to teach them. And I think the cool thing about working here for somebody like that is regardless of their experience level, um, there's something they can do right away. So whether it be love mm-hmm. bag goods for customers or, you know, helping carry heavy stuff to their car. I mean, there's something the they can do day one. Yeah, clean I mean, there up, is a learning curve, but the it's... Dumpster. And then we can introduce yeah, but it's more not. stuff all the time. And the, the longer they're here, the more they learn. Sure. So kind of getting back to talking about the succession and, um, you know, both both, um, both of you, Lauren and... and um, and Amos taking over. Do you mind kind of talking a little bit about like what are some best practices or some tips you have for entering the conversation that you had like on Christmas to talk about what's the future of the business? And then once you've had that conversation and decided, okay, either my kids are going to take over or this key person in the business is going to take over. What are those next steps after you've had that initial conversation? What are some, I mean, I know it's probably a a whole long list, but if you could give us like the the condensed version of what steps you all took, um, um, and if you'd recommend that to others. So I think the the first thing you need to do is you need, everybody needs to be honest with each other. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Amos immediately took a job a thousand miles away when he got out of school. And, and that was a good thing. I think that's good that a kid leaves and goes out and, and is on their own completely for a while before they come back into the business of, uh, if that's you know if that's something that's that you can do that you have time to do i think it's it's good to do that but you know i i didn't really until having that serious conversation i didn't know whether amos fully wanted to come back and do that you know and if he had mm-hmm. didn't want to that was fine and we obviously need to think about another another avenue but so you need to have that conversation with all of your kids we had it with all three of the kids Mm-hmm. And we got the answer back that two definitely wanted to be involved and, and had always wanted to be. And then that one that, that didn't want to be at this time. So you got to know where you stand. You know, you got to have that serious yeah. conversation and that honest conversation at where are we at and then where are we going to go from there? So that's, that's the main thing you, to, to get started right there is find out. Yeah. And, and we all, we knew that if the kids weren't involved, didn't want to be involved, that would be fine too, that we could, then we are looking at selling to a third party, you know? Sure. So you got to make those decisions. That's the first crossroads you got to, you got to overcome. And, and we, we actually had that conversation, you know, a while back, like dad mentioned before we even took on this expansion project, all that kind of stuff. And like he said, we just, we all had to be honest with each other. I was out, my husband was up front that he did not want to be a sole, you know, he and I be sole owners. Um, so I yeah. knew that it was just down to me, you know, and I, and I was up front that I did not want to be a owner by myself. So we, yeah. we did explore the option at one point of maybe selling 
to a third party. Maybe I stay on for a little bit with that third party, kind of showing them how we do things. And I mean, so it was, it was kind of, I mean, I had to think, you know, if I wasn't in this, what would I be doing? And mm-hmm. I mean, you just have to, you have to think about every aspect of it and be, and like dad said, be completely honest with what you want out of it. Sure. So, um, once, okay. So once you had the conversation and kind of everyone was on the same page, the two of you said, we want to do this, let's make it work. Um, did you kind of set up and say, okay, let's sit down and come up with like a somewhat year plan or is it kind of up in the air? Like what was that next step like? So it all kind of came together with the, with the bank. Our, our bank has a program to help you with this kind of thing. And they, sure. I mean, we've been in, we've been doing, we've been having this conversation and headed in this direction for this. We're going on the third year now. And the bank has been involved two years. And, and the mm-hmm. bank kind of came up and said, we have this program where we would like to help you with, you know, succession planning and, and, Yeah, it was kind of ironic because we were approached by our banker and said, have you thought about succession planning? And we were Mm -hmm. like, as a matter of fact, we have. (laughs) Uh, You know, we're kind of turning circles right now. You know, a lot of ideas flying around. And they said, well, we've got a department that handles that. And Okay. So we've been meeting regularly with them every couple of months, and they kind of got a team that's working on it. And and. It's been a long process because we've we've kind of changed as we go along. We kind of see where mm-hmm. you know this is the obvious direction we need to go. Whereas before, early on, we thought we'd go in another direction. But so so having some professional help and guidance to sort of lay you down and say you know this is where you are right now. This is, I think, the biggest surprise was an evalu- They did an evaluation based on the numbers yeah. we gave them of what you know what what we were doing in sales and what we had in inventory and that kind of thing. And they evaluated it and they said, you know, if you were looking at a third party sale, you'd be looking at this, but if you're willing to do this and you're willing to to hang around and do parts of this and your, your kids are going to, you, you want to transition it to them. They can put in the sweat equity and the Mm -hmm. profits can be what buys the business. So, so having some professional help has been, we, we'd have never figured out how to do it, I don't think, without having. And they didn't come out and say, you know, you have to do it like this. They basically laid out different scenarios and options. Yeah. You know, options, we yeah. could say, you know, or they could. This makes more sense for us. You know, our, you know, know, this numbers. If you went this path, this is how it would work. If you went this path, this is how it would work. And it was basically like we got to choose which how we wanted to handle it based on the scenarios they proposed. And they had, okay. a, they had a team that, that covers all areas, whether it be uh, tax consequences, yeah. uh, what needs mm-hmm. to be done legally, um, as well as financially, you know, so the kids don't have to take out big loans in their names to do anything. Sure. And, and that's a whole another part that we're not familiar with. And, and it's a, it's a, it's something that, that we have now that we did not have when Sarah and I took the business over from my parents. We we had to go take out that big loan because we didn't really didn't have the help. We didn't know any other way to do it. And that's what we had to yeah. do. And though that was doable at that time, with the business the size that it is now and the volume that it is now, that would be a huge burden on the kids to have to go and do that now. So yeah, so it, it's just the fact that we you, you need professional help. I, I'm fully believe. I mean, maybe you know what you're doing and you think you do, but you need an outsider to come in and take a snapshot and say, this is what you really have. And it sure. might be different than what you think you have. Yeah. So, so then it sounds like one of the step ones is, is going to your bank and talking to them about, you know, what you're looking to do and see if they can kind of help you like you guys. I mean, you, you're lucky in that they just walked up and you have a close enough relationship that they were able to bring up the topic that you're already thinking about. So that's that's a small town deal again, you know, small town bank and (laughs) they know your family, you know, theirs. So yeah, that, that, that's the advantage of small town right there. I love that. Um, so as far as um, kind of some of the things that you're doing, not necessarily on the financial side of the transition, but like the day-to-day operations, um, how is that transition going? And do you have like a certain 
like date or timeline where you're like, okay, mom and dad, we're, we're, I mean, we, we might pop in here and there, but we're, we're out. Um, kind of what's that looking like? So that, that date was January 1st of 20. Oh, it's already happened. I apologize. <laughs> that was the date we kind of thought, said, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, then you realize that why hurry? Why, why, what, what's the hurry? What, you know, I, we do, yeah. I think it needs to be a gradual step back, you know, totally. so, so I'm, uh, this year have already started taking, doing a little bit more on the farm that I need to do to catch up. Cause I've sort of put off a lot of things out there the last three years with this, uh, mm-hmm. this, uh, reorganization of the, and, and expansion of the hardware store. I put off, you know, a lot of stuff out there. So I'm catching that up now, but I'm still coming back in, you know, every couple of days I'm here for a few, at least a few hours and then a whole day here and a whole day there. And it, so it's a gradual thing, we, you know, and, and we don't need to, we don't need to set a hard date. We probably yeah. do for the legal stuff when we start sure. actually the legal signing on the line type of thing, that'll be a hard date. But as far as scaling back, that's a, a gradual process that we've been doing already. Starting yeah. to do that. Yeah. So I, we didn't talk much about um, the farm that you have as well. I'd love to hear just a little background on, on you know, first of all, running a, a longstanding family business and you're running a farm as well. How do you, how did you over the years, you know, do both and juggle everything? I, I'd love to just kind of hear about that a little bit. Okay. So that is, uh, that is the family farm that I and the kids grew up on. Uh, okay. It uh second third generation i'm the third generation on that farm uh, yeah. my father was a tobacco farmer that kind of went away about the time sarah and i were getting into this business and that's why we chose to go into another business and not mm-hmm. go to farm we both grew up on tobacco farms so uh you know we we enjoyed that lifestyle we didn't really want to get into the tobacco thing because it was a dying a dying business so mm-hmm. uh, we chose the hardware business and, and, you know, and it's paid off very well for us. But my father retired from farming and the only way he could seem to be able to keep the farm was to uh, rent it out to other farmers and to develop it, start developing it. And we didn't really want to see it be a full blown development there on the family mm-hmm. farm. So we started purchasing the farm back from him as we could with the proceeds from the hardware store. And, mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of taken full scale over the last 20 years. And we've purchased about three quarters of the farm from my parents. And she, my mother still owns about a quarter of it, which we rent mm-hmm. from her. And we chose to turn it into a beef cattle farm because it wouldn't be as much day to day as a full blown uh, row crop type farm would be. And it would be mm-hmm. something we could do, uh, you know, halftime, so to speak. And, and, and yeah, and it that's grown and it's become a uh, enjoyable business. It, it's not near as profitable as the hardware business, but it's it's profitable enough to sustain itself. And it uh, the, the, the whole deal is we're in the land business. You know, we've we've invested in that land and that land value has greatly increased. And uh, mm-hmm. my wife says it's not an investment because we can't ever, you won't ever sell it because it's family land. And I think she's probably <laughs> right, but uh, at least we'll be able to pass it on to the next generation is, is the hope and that the value has continued to increase. So it's a good investment from those, those standpoints. Sure. Amos, so you went into, you went to university planning on getting into the farming business. What has it been like switching and transitioning? And um, do you help with the farm today, the family farm, or are you mainly at the hardware store or what's kind of your... Right now, I'm mainly at the hardware store just to try Mm -hmm. to allow dad to be out there when he needs to be out there. Um, I, I chose to study animal science still knowing that I may come back to the hardware store because yeah. I know that I'm going to own livestock one day that that's, sure. that's what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. Lauren studied ag business. I got a minor in ag business. So, so we both got a little and bit. I got of, a minor in she got science. a minor in animal science. So we kind of, <laughs> I love it. Flip off. But, uh, we both had a little bit of a business education, but um, as far as, as, what we needed to be taught about the hardware business. 
I'm not, I'm not saying that, that you should do everything like the generation before you, because you got to improve, mm-hmm. but, but the best two professors we could ever have, so to speak, are our mom and dad. So I love that. That's, I think what are, I chose to study something different. Totally. So what are, what are the things, uh, this is for both Amos and Lauren, what are the things that you've learned from your parents that you're excited to get to continue as part of the legacy of your family business? And, and what are some things that you learned from each of them that you're seeing you're doing in, in your day-to-day, you know, job? I think just helping the community. I mean, like we, we're on the coast, so we get a lot of hurricanes. Um, and mm-hmm. just, be in a place that's open. I mean, even when we don't have power, we we find a way, you know, hook up a generator or something so we can at least run a cash register and just mm-hmm. help people get back to life as normal-ish, you know, as it can be after a major storm or, you know, like mom mentioned, sponsoring a little league team or um, a booster club at the high school was just being a part of helping your community, I think is, is a big, a big aspect of it for me, you know, coming to work mm-hmm. and, and helping people. Yeah. Just taking care of people, whether it be your, your employees or your customers. I mean, we've always had a culture and, and I think that that's the thing that's allowed us to survive competition is we have a knowledgeable staff that, if all, all you know is that there's something wrong with your water pump, you can come in and describe that problem or bring the whole thing into Lanier Hardware and somebody yeah. there can can get you back on the right track. Yeah. R- yeah. Rather than you having to figure out exactly what you need and, and come in and ask us for a certain part or. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just taking care of people, I think. And I, and I don't think just doing business in a way that, that does people right. I don't think that there's any yeah. honest people out there that uh, you'll hear say they did me wrong. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Obviously we're in the business to try to sell something, but if you really don't need yeah. a whole new water pump, we're not gonna, yeah, we're not going to take advantage of you and just, we're not out. That's, I mean, obviously we're here to make a profit, but, but we do that by creating return customers. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. It's about sure. the accumulative sales over a lifetime, not the immediate big sale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Buren and Sarah, uh, what are some things that you see in, you know, uh, both Lauren and Amos that you're excited to see them bring to the table and that they've already been kind of bringing, um, along the way. <laughs> Sorry, I keep asking questions that aren't on the list. It's just, it's coming to me. Okay. Sarah, you want to start? Oh, um, I, I think I've just been impressed with their willingness to learn. Um, like Deeran said, they both, you know, are well-educated, grew up in the store. Maybe we didn't give them as much access to back office decisions as we should have along the way. I mean, we were just too busy in dealing with day-to-day customers, day-to-day employee schedules, that kind of thing, to uh, expose them to paying the bills in a timely manner that you get every discount possible or working with suppliers to get the best pricing possible. I mean, that that kind of back office stuff, maybe we should have exposed them to a little more along the way, but they get it. Having been... Mm-hmm off to school, having worked for other people, they now can come back and appreciate what it takes to be a success, what it takes to make that customer want to come back, what it takes to make an employee loyal. And Mm -hmm. they've appreciated that. And they they just continue to to learn every day, Mm -hmm. willing, willing to learn something. And they're willing to mm-hmm. ask questions instead of just jumping out and thinking they already know how to do it. Yeah. So, so my deal is uh, what the way Lauren just described about taking care of people in need and not just trying to sell them the most you can. You know, if I have in any way inspired them to be like that, then I feel like our job is is pretty well done, and that they'll be all right as long as they understand that concept that they are not here to take care of themselves. They're here to take care of those people. And in return, they will be taken care of. And as long as they get that big picture, they're going to be fine. 
I love that. Um, what were, I guess, through this whole process, though, what were some of the biggest challenges you've come across as you've been going through the process? And it sounds like you've had a, a lot of support from the bank and you're, you're all working as a team together. But what are some of the challenges that you've that you've come across that maybe you were prepared for or you weren't prepared for? So probably with me, the biggest challenge is not to overwhelm them. Sure. You know, if you was to walk in and say, here are my keys and, you know, we're going to the Bahamas and we'll be back in, <laughs> in the spring, you know, or in the summer, you know, they would be overwhelmed. They would feel that. And, and, uh, you know, everything you turn over to them that maybe that wakes me up in the middle of the night with anxiety at times and, and you put that on them, you know, you don't want, you don't want them to, to have anxiety over the things you have anxiety over. So not overwhelming them, I guess, is and, and feeding it to them at a process that they can ingest it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Any challenges? Yeah. Well, especially within the last three years after having undergone this expansion, that mm-hmm. has been, and still being open full time while you're doing that, that has yeah. presented a whole new environment that we had never been in before. Um, having a construction company taking a wall out while you're still trying to sell hardware. Um, yeah. And then at the same time, the community being so excited that you're expanding, that your business, the amount of business you're doing increases at a pace that you're not used to. Um, yeah. Having the employees have to work longer hours more of them. Yeah, and more employees. I mean, that that's some things that we were not prepared for. And throwing them into the mix, you know, while that was going on, you know, we were, we were just trying to make it day to day at that point, you know, just getting up and coming back in the next day and not really having a chance to prepare like, like we had in the past. But um, mm-hmm. everybody being willing to work together, and I mean, that's helped us overcome those challenges. Amos or Lauren, have you? Are there any challenges you've experienced on your end coming in? And I mean, I know Lauren, you've been here a little bit longer than Amos, but um, what kind of going through this uh, business transition process? Are there any challenges you were expecting, or that surprised you along the way? Well, I think one that is what I guess weighing heavy on me is mom, mom does all the office stuff, you know, the books, mm-hmm. the, the payroll, you know, everything like that. And we still haven't decided who's going to take that on, whether we're going to hire somebody, whether one of us is going to attempt to, to learn that aspect of the, of the business, which like mom said, we weren't, we weren't really, that wasn't really what we were exposed to. You know, we weren't, we weren't filing papers or anything yeah. when we were, when we were growing up. So we, you know, that, that aspect of it is something that we're not used to, but we're trying to decide if we're going to do it or not. You know, we just, I think that that for me is learning a part of the business that I am not comfortable with or am not familiar yeah. as familiar with. Yeah, uh, I don't think either of us are are, are geared for that as really much as mom is. About yeah, it, but. that's a part of the business that we both don't know what, what we're going to do there. And so the that, one that is who is, one. and the one who is, is only seven. So <laughs> right, yeah. the, yeah. the eldest grandchild could do it. She, she could. could do it, she could. but she's only seven. But I love I that. Have, I have all faith in Lauren and Amos, but either one of them could do that. It's just not what they're used to doing. And they're not going to be able to do everything that they're doing and do that. So that's, yeah. that's the challenge. You can't be in two places. Yeah. yeah. To give up something that you're, or give yeah. up a job that you're, or a role you're that you're already doing because, in order to take on something that you don't know how to do. That's. And good. Because whoever does it can't be, can't do it here because People are, mm. are looking for us so much yeah. To, yeah. to ask us there's things. No way you could that, there's no yeah. way you could get it done here. So and in the past, take yeah. time away. And in years past, when when the early onset of of Sarah and I's uh, involvement in the business, we had hired people. That was before we got married. To do that kind of thing, and it it was always a disaster. You know, you just never could completely 
turn. I mean, they knew yeah. all. They knew that that person knows everything about your financial situation, and that's just not good. That needs to Better be a principal that's doing that. You know, so yeah, that's the challenge there. Sure, you can hire it, but if you somebody a principal owner needs to know what's going on with every aspect of it. Sure. Is there anything that you would do differently through the process or, you know, along the way? I don't, I don't know that I'd do anything different. Maybe, uh, mm -hmm. maybe make Lauren or Amos do a day in the office every week. <laughs> that would yeah. probably been a, a smart idea. And then they would have been a little more ready for that at this point. I so, know what, uh, yeah. when I was in college, I, I had this requirement to fulfill. I don't remember, and I don't remember what I took. But one of the options was accounting and I avoided mm -hmm. it like it was the plague. And I took some other class. I took calculus or some other <laughs> well, I thought it would some be kind of law idea. class or something like that. Avoid, I, I wish I would have taken it. I would have hated it. I, <laughs> yeah. else, I thought it would be a good idea to take accounting over the summer. And I was like, my yeah. mom is an accountant. This is going to be a breeze. You know, she's going to do my class for me. You know, it's going to be. But uh, sure. she made me get in there and and we fought. You know, <laughs> yeah, we just did, but I mean, yeah, and so I think that's kind of got me a little like, oh my gosh, is this going to be like that again? But <laughs> I think if it's for the good of the business, I think it's it's gonna it if if that's how you look at it, then it it'll be a different it'll be a different outcome, sure. maybe so. Sure. Amos, did you go through um, NHP's uh, retail management certification program? I did. We're currently in it. Yeah, I guess you. Oh, okay. So what's that experience been like? And do you feel like that has been um, helping also in this transition to give you kind of some of those, you know, the college professors and different things that, that um, you're learning while you're coming to the class? It's given me some different perspectives on, on different aspects sure. of the business, largely just in conversation with other students in the class and, and listening to uh, mm -hmm. what their roles and their respective businesses are and how that compares or differs to mine. And uh, I've learned a lot from that aspect of it, not, not only uh, from, from the classroom portions and, and, and the assignments. Yeah. What's your business transition project that you're so, working on? Um, when we expanded the store, we, the area that became the 5,000 square feet of retail space um, kind of came at the cost of losing the cohesiveness of our, the cohesiveness as Dad says of our, of our rental department. Mm -hmm. There was an area outside that was sure. locked up at night is where most of our equipment was stored. The customers could drive between our building and a shed. And we could load it or mm -hmm. unload the equipment right there. When it came back, it was unloaded right at the door to the shop. So an employee could check it back in. Mm -hmm. And and we still offer all of the, the rental items we had and more, but um, they're not in as, as great and as a shoppable place as they were before. So my project has been revamping our, our rental department and with the goal of, um, trying to see the same amount of growth in our rental performance as we have seen in our retail performance with the expansion. Awesome. Well, cool. Um, so I guess one of the last questions I have for you guys is um, what, I guess, advice, you, a lot of this conversation has been, obviously we want to learn about your business, share that with our listeners, but the, the thorough, the, the, point that I'm trying to get to with all of you is talking about business transition. And it's a topic that a lot of people, um, if they haven't even started, they're thinking about it. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is wanting to start this process or they're going, I want to retire and they don't have anything in place? Like what are some, some suggestions or advice or, or things you would say to someone who either hasn't started or is getting that anxiety thinking I need to figure this out soon. So I've thought about that a lot. I actually had that question uh, to, to kind of review and think about a little bit. And uh, sure. now is the time. I don't care what stage you're in, even with Lauren and, and Amos starting out, they need to be thinking about yeah. recession planning. 
And the reason why yeah. is because you need to have some sort of idea of what you got and where you're going and how you need to capitalize on it. Because if you don't, mm -hmm. when something happens like a major illness or uh, accident or something, it's going to cost you dearly to, to move quickly. When you have to do something quickly, mm -hmm. a fire sale, so to speak, is a term often used around here. A fire sale is going to be a cheap sale. You're going to lose. You're going to lose, lose, lose. And to have thought out something yeah. and to have some sort of little bit, even if it's just a will in place, is going to save you lots of money and be very valuable to you. So even if you're a young couple or a young family or you need to know where you're at and where you're going. You need to have taken stock in, in what you got going on and what you're responsible for and how might you, might, what might be your plan B? You know, your plan A is to go all the way through and pass it on to your kids or sell it to a next generation or something like that. But you need to have a plan B. You need to have a plan B in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. and know what you're going to, at least the first phone call you're going to make if something major happens. So that in the unfortunate event that it does, you're not left standing there, you know, starstruck, not knowing what to do. You got you got to have some idea where, yeah. you, where you might go for something like that. I, I often tell my kids, I've told them that when I borrowed the money to build this building and to uh, and, and Sarah and I made the commitment that we're going to do this thing, the, the commitment was we're going to pay this thing off and we're going to sell it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like as soon as it, as soon as we had a few uh, dollars in the bank, you know, we're going to sell it and capitalize on that, and we're going to go do something else, you know. And here we are. How many? Thirty five. Thirty five years later, and uh, and that's a good. That was our plan, you know, and that's a fine plan at that point. But when it becomes more profitable as you go down the road to keep doing it and to mm -hmm. keep doing it, just makes more sense. Then that plan has changed. So you need to have a plan right then what you would do, and then progress as it changes, as you become successful, that's going to change. That picture is going to change. And, and, and for me, what we've accomplished and, the uh, you know, the, the financial situation that's put us in was beyond my wildest dreams. I never thought that back then when I had that plan, that it would, we would be able to do as well as we've done, I guess to say. So we're very, blessed. we are very yeah. blessed and, and we know that. And, we want to be good stewards of what we have. We want to, to carry it the next level to the very best we can do it. So, Now, yeah. I think we've discovered <clears throat> along the way that there's a fine line in pushing your passion to help others or to be in this business on your children. I think you've got to give them the leeway mm -hmm. to figure out what they want to do with their lives but if you start seeing any kind of inclination that they are interested in following some of your um, pathways, start asking questions to your professionals yeah. and start, you know, making plans then. You don't have to include them in those plans at that early stage, but start laying the groundwork early. Well, I just want to tell all of you, it's been so much fun getting to learn about your family. Um, and I just want to say that uh, businesses and, and hardware families like yours are um, just an example of why this industry is so special. It's just a, it's a special industry. You're very humble, but you're, you're doing what needs to be done to, to continue to pass your family business, your family legacy on to the next generation. I just think that's really um it's awesome to see. So congrats for all your hard work. And I do hope we've mentioned the Bahamas a few times. So I hope you get out there and have a drink in hand on the beach and, and get get some sun on sun on you. Uh, Thank you. I'd be just as happy to stay home on the farm, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, or you could just come to Indianapolis, come to the Midwest and see all of us at the at the Hardware Association. I know that's on the bucket list, that's right? right. Amos right. is the ticket. He can get you there. Is there any last things that you guys wanted to share with our listeners before we end the, the episode today? It's imperative that the, uh, the people out there continue to shop locally so that the independent yeah. hardware guys can survive. And uh, there is a niche out there. Uh, the big box, uh, they, they kind of lay the opportunity wide open for us by the way they manage and handle people. Mm -hmm. And uh, but, 
you need to shop your local hardware store because uh, those guys are there. They're a valuable asset to your community. And uh, we need business to stay in business. Yeah. And then in turn, I guess, as a as an independent retailer, also shopping at other local right, businesses. Exactly. Or it sounds like the bank you work with is a local bank. So it's like finding yeah. ways to stay locally, yeah, right? That's right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate having you all here. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.